In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, in preparation for the great fast that is coming up, we're going to speak uh, about a topic of asceticism. And it's going to be a three-part series. And we begin this part or today with the reading that we read in the Gospel when the Lord is speaking to the people who were seeking after him, who were uh, interested in the miracle that he had done for them of the feeding of the multitude. And so they were coming, chasing after him, wanting to see more miracles and wanting to be fed. And the Lord responded to them and said, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. So here we see from the beginning, what is it that the Lord is calling us to do and these people to do? He's saying, do not labor for the food which perishes, but labor for the food which endures to everlasting life. And this labor that the Lord is calling us to do in our life is what we are referred to as asceticism or being, being ascetic in some way, meaning that we are doing some spiritual work in order to attain and to receive the fullness of the blessings that God wants to give us. Even though God is offering himself to us, is offering the Holy Spirit to us, is offering all of the sacraments to us, is offering forgiveness and salvation to all of us, and yet there is something that is my role in this process in order for me to receive fully and to benefit from all of these spiritual gifts that the Lord is wanting to give us. So in order for me to make use of it, I have to do something, and this something that we are referring to is what in the church we call um, asceticism. So what is asceticism? First of all, asceticism is a very important part of orthodoxy. Um, maybe if we look at other Christian traditions, um, there is a less emphasis on the, the idea of asceticism, or maybe people who um, look at the churches that practice asceticism look at us as maybe being legalistic. And certainly there are ways for us to take the command to be ascetic the command to labor for the spiritual food and, uh, and, uh, and twist it so that it does become merely a legalistic uh, thing, that we are simply doing it because we have been commanded to or doing it simply because we want to, to say that we have done so. But the idea of asceticism is to receive the spiritual gifts, the spiritual food that the Lord is offering us. So we as Orthodox Christians have to be very clear and understand what is the role of asceticism in the church and in our lives and why is it that we practice. Um, a problem with the Western culture is that by its very nature our culture is geared around the idea that asceticism is bad because we are aiming ourselves toward the opposite. We are looking for pleasure, we are looking to, to have opulence and wealth and luxury and abundance, and that becomes the target and the focus of so many in the Western culture, ourselves included perhaps because we are a part of this culture. And so from a secular perspective and from a secular culture, the obtaining of possessions and the, the kind of um, maximizing one's joy and pleasure is really what life is about for so many people, that this is the goal. So when you uh, introduce the idea that we should willingly out of our own will, restrict ourselves so that we do not experience the fullness of the pleasure that is possible, the fullness of the, of, the, of, of the luxury that is possible, then people will look at us and perhaps say that this is backwards. Why is it that you are doing this? And we see in our culture many people that look down even about the idea of monasticism or, or asceticism because it feels unnecessary. And people say, well, aren't we supposed to be enjoying ourselves in Christ and having the joy of our salvation and, and, and being joyful? Why are we artificially making ourselves to be mournful? 
according to their understanding. But one thing we have to understand is that asceticism is actually not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Um, it's acquired a negative connotation because it's equated with holding back from satisfying and fulfilling our desires. But those desires themselves are actually damaging. Those things that we desire actually damage us. So asceticism is, is pursuing something that is good for the body, something that is good for the spirit. It is not the keeping away of something that is good. It is the fleeing for something that is destructive and moving towards something that is good. There is a contemporary theologian who says, this is because the sinful tendencies of our nature, the habitual things that lead to its death, have come to be considered the positive side of life. Right, meaning ultimate self-indulgence is seen by society as being positive. So when we say, no, we should not indulge, then this is seen as being negative, as something that you are restricting yourself and you are preventing yourself from fully enjoying your life. But we see it the opposite way. We see it that this uh, unlimited self-indulgence actually harms our life. And so the positive side, which is the ascetic side, is to limit ourselves from the things that damage us. Kind of maybe an underlying um, foundation of this understanding is that in the orthodox understanding and in the Christian understanding, we look at ourselves as being having corrupted nature. So that means that not every impulse and every desire that I have is good because it is corrupted. Whereas in the secular world, there is no concept of the corrupted nature. Every nature of humanity is seen as being good and therefore to pursue it is seen as good even though it might be damaging and harmful, and yet it is pursued as being a goal and a purpose of life. So we see asceticism with its positive purpose as being medicinal. It is something that cures us. It is something that is therapeutic. It is something that restores us back to the nature that the Lord gave us in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve in our original state, that it is through asceticism that we go back again to the life that God wanted us to live from the beginning. Because all of these additional things that we desire, all these lusts of the flesh that we desire, are actually a distraction and an obstacle between us and God. So if we see that the ultimate state of health for a human being is to be in union with God, then everything that blocks that, everything that prevents that, everything that distracts us from that ultimate union between us and God is actually damaging and harmful and poisonous. So when we say asceticism, we are saying stay away from poison and, and, and instead eat healthy food, right? This is the same kind of concept if you want to look at it from, a, from, from like a, a physical perspective. Don't eat the things that poison yourself, but instead eat the things that benefit you and things that make you to be healthy. We see many examples of asceticism in the Bible. And striving for Christian perfection is something that is totally consistent with biblical principles. People who argue against asceticism, well, if you look in the scripture, you find asceticism. In Matthew eleven twelve, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What, is, what does it mean? 
that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And why is he mentioning John the Baptist? John the, John the Baptist is considered by the church, if you would want to call him, the first monastic because he lived in the wilderness and he ate locusts and honey and he did not live in the world according to the principles of the world but isolated himself and consecrated himself for the service of God just as uh, a monastic would do um, today. And so when we say that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, who are those that are violent? They're the ones who are warring against the flesh. It is a spiritual war. Those who are warring against the flesh are those who are taking it by violence. They are taking it by not just accepting and, and living according to the natural principles in their flesh, but are warring continually against the flesh in order to grow the spirit, to feed the spirit. Again, back to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel today, where he says, do not labor for the, the food that perishes, but labor for the food of eternal life. This is laboring. This labor, this fight, this struggle, this battle, this is the violence that he's talking about. And those people who are, who are fighting this fight and this war are those who enter to the kingdom of heaven by violence because they are fighting. They're fighting the corruption in their own flesh. Also, we read in Philippians 2 verse 12 when St. Paul is speaking, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? It means that it is a battle. It is something that we are serious about. We are, we, are, we are dedicated to this mission. We are not just you know, letting things fall where they may, but we are making an active plan and a purpose and intention in order for us to fight. And that's why the church places for us a system of fasting, for instance, in the church. Why is it that we are going to start fasting for 55 days starting next week? Why? Because we are, we are taking the kingdom of heaven by violence, okay? by, by, a, by a fight. We are fighting. We are not simply letting our bodily and fleshly desires dictate our life and dictate our thoughts. We are taking a stand against it that through the grace of God we may have victory. Also, the apostles taught in Acts 14, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. This is again, the, the, this is part of the tribulations that we experience in our life is this battle, this fight that we are warring um, against the flesh. So being relentless and serious in our effort, in our spiritual warfare is necessary. And, and this is to also understand that salvation is near, not merely morality or ethics. It is not simply to be a good person, but morality or, or, or salvation is to be Christ-like. To attain the perfection of Christ is what each of us is called for, and the Spirit of God that dwells in us is, is working in us so we can attain the perfection that is found in Christ. So our standard is very high that we are trying to reach. And when the Lord said, even sinners love those who love them, what, what, what reward is there? for you whenever it is you love people who love you. This is, the, this is the moral standard of the world, that it is common and easy to love those who love us. But the standard of Christ is to love even those who hate us. So if this is the standard, right, how, how much of a fight do we have to fight in ourselves in order to be able to achieve the standard, in order, in order to be able to live according to the standard that God has given us? So this is uh, a big part of our purpose, of what it is that we are doing, to be Christ-like, and asceticism is a tool that we have in order to attain this. Salvation is also very much linked to the idea of death. 
And the ascetic dis disciplines um, also referred to in the scripture and the holy tradition that this asceticism is, is, is a form of death. It is putting to death the sins of the body. And Romans 8.13, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. We speak about how in baptism we die with the Lord. This is the beginning of the death the death of the flesh it is the beginning and then we continue in our life a life of sanctification a life of spiritual struggle by putting to death the deeds of the body okay this gradual death that we are dying with christ day after day is an extension of the death that we experience in baptism baptism so not only are we raised with christ but we also must die with him and this death is like the death of the ego the death of the self-will, the death of the passions, the death of the attachments. This is why we see in the lives of those ascetic people who warred for a long time, they be start to become completely separated from any of the desires of the world because they have so trained themselves to only desire God himself and nothing else, and they are completely satisfied only with God, and they don't care about anything else. And maybe as we live in the world, we find it hard to imagine that we could attain such a state but this is, again, the work of grace that works in us, that if we desire this, to be separated from all of the desires of the flesh. One of the biggest uh, sources of pain that we actually experience in the world is our desires of the flesh. That is things that we desire that we cannot have, the things that we attach to that are taken away from us, the things that we want that are harmful to us. If imagine that we had none of those desires and the only desire we had was for the Lord himself who gives himself to us in abundance and there is no shortage, there is no uh, time where the Lord will be absent. And so the thing that we would desire the most in our existence is the thing that we have the most abundantly and so we will feel always content and we will always feel fulfilled and satisfied because the only thing that we seek is the Lord himself. This process of sanctification and change and putting to death the deeds of the body, this is not an easy process. This is actually a painful process. This is something where the Lord, when he was speaking to people about the discipleship, he said, count the cost. Are you able to walk this path? Are you able to do this? When he spoke to the rich young ruler and he told him to sell all that he had, why did he say that? Because it was a form of asceticism. It was a way of him to fight against his natural desire and love for money in order for him to overcome, in order for him to fulfill his purpose, in order for him to have contentment and joy and fulfillment in his life, not in the, 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 the money which is temporary and can be lost at any moment, but for what is eternal for the thing that cannot change and cannot be removed from him. So everything that the Lord does for us and he offers to us and all the spiritual food that he's done and all the important events that we, um, we believe in and happen in the life of Christ, like the incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, this is all what God is freely offering to us as gifts, as spiritual gifts. God is the one initiating all of this. But we then, in our response, having known and seen and believing that the Lord diz, did and does all these things for us, our response then is that we respond in love and respond with self-sacrifice, putting to death the deeds of the body so that we can make benefit of the gifts of God. Also, asceticism is not just for a specific group of people because sometimes people have the idea that 
Asceticism, when we hear the word asceticism, maybe the first thing that comes into our mind is, is the monks or the nuns, the people who have chosen to leave the world and to live in monasteries and, and convents, and that those are the people whose job it is to sacrifice. Those are the people whose job it is to give up of themselves and to be detached from the world, whereas we who are in the world, actually, we are living here and we are enjoying the world and there is no reason for us to wage this battle. Actually, to this point, St. John Chrysostom, he says, you greatly delude yourself and make a grave error if you think that one thing is demanded from the layman and another from the monk. For all must rise to the same height, and what has turned the world upside down is that we think only the monk must live rigorously, while the rest of us are permitted to live a life of indulgence. Like the church is emphasizing the idea that this life of asceticism, while it might be manifested in different ways and in different levels between the layman and the monk, because obviously the monk is completely 100% separated, isolated, living in the monastery, but the principles of asceticism are the same. And this is why the church calls us all to fast. The church calls us all to repent. The church calls us all to control our nature, our desires. The church calls us all to confess our sins. It is not simply for a select or small group that are called to live this way. Again, asceticism is a medicine. It is a cure. It is a way for, for us to overcome our nature. And one might argue that those of us who are living in the world are the most subject to the disease because we are in, in the presence of the disease. We are in the presence of attachments and distractions and lusts. We are in the presence of these things on a daily basis. You just open your phone and you go to any website, you, 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 you go on social media, you, anything that we do, we are exposed. We are exposed to something that is contrary to God's word, and so we are like being poisoned. Asceticism is a cure for this poison. Asceticism is a way for us to fight back against this poison that we see and experience in the world. St. Paul speaks about this spiritual battle in Galatians 5 when he says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. This is the spiritual battle, right? And this is why this is a painful process. We are, we are fighting this. We are both made of, of flesh and spirit together. We are equally flesh and equally spirit. This is what makes us as human beings unique, that we are the only creation of God that are both flesh and spirit. And so we have these war, this war that is waging inside of us. It is something that we must wage. It is something we must fight. And as it was said, that the, the, the heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Uh, a Roman theologian, he writes, the ultimate goal of asceticism is to free our nature, not only from the movement of sinful appetites, but also from the ideas that appear in the mind after the cleansing of the passions. This is to gain its independence from created things, which have enslaved our nature by the passions and to make it long more for God. Again, this is the medication, this is the medicine. We are created as children of God to live in the presence of God. We are desiring to live in the kingdom of heaven, to be in the presence of God all the time in this kingdom of heaven that we are yearning to be in. None of the attractions of the world or the lusts of the world exist 
And this is the world we want to be in. We want to be in a place where the only attachment we have is God because he truly is the only thing that we need and the only thing we should desire. And all the other things that are a distraction to us here and make us to fall are actually temporary and we will be removed and we will not live with them after this life ends. So asceticism is trying to attain the heavenly life, to live as though we are in heaven, to live as though the only thing that matters to us, the only thing that exists, the only thing that has any value is God himself, and to find that all these other things that we desire are simply not valuable. They're simply not interesting. They don't, we don't desire them. Like when St. Paul is saying that the world is like rubbish to him. He, he looks around and his heart is not moved. His heart is not desire anything because after he experienced the love of God, nothing else can compare. And this is what when we are speaking about fasting and the great fast that is coming, this is what we should, we should focus on. My fasting is not a removal of something that I desire. My fasting is a medicine. My fasting is a restoration to my natural state, which is a state of being in the presence of God continually. That during the fast, it is not just a change of food, but is a change of heart and a change of mind and a, a change of our desire that we want to be with God. And we are willing to suffer we are willing to sacrifice, we are willing to put aside the desires of our flesh in order to gain the fullness of the spiritual blessings that God wants us to have. So God willing, we're going to continue this topic of asceticism for the next two weeks um, leading into the great fast. And may God grant us um, a sincere desire for him and be willing to sacrifice for his sake. And glory be to God forever. Amen.